This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is season 16, episode 3, Not Social, but Very Distant. Very Distant indeed. What an episode. There's quite a lot to cover. A lot happened. If you are Cody Brown, which I'm sure you're not, thank goodness, you may want to turn this podcast off at this point because it is not going to be a glowing review of you. I can understand where he's coming from on a few things, but uh, that's just me, maybe. (laughs) Stop it. We have a lot to talk about, so let's get right into the episode description. The TLC description for this one is, The wives come to a major decision about the property lots. Christine is leaving to take Isabel to New Jersey for surgery, but Cody's refusal to go leaves Christine angry. Then, a member of the family has a big announcement. An extremely anticlimactic announcement. We've all heard it. It's we're, We've been living it for quite a while. It's the same thing with every baby announcement. By the time we get to it, the kid's already out. We've seen photos. Spoiler alert. <laughs> At least they didn't dedicate that much time in the episode to it. Yeah, we just kind of breezed over it. In the past, that would have been a good 15 minutes of the episode. At least. But I will hand it to production this year. They're stepping up their game. The editors? More so than ever. They're digging through. They're finding the nuggets. They're juxtaposing opinions. Yes. Based on what's happening in a scene. And then we cut to a confessional where they're voicing what they're actually thinking in these moments. Are you getting the feeling, too, that these confessionals 
are shot after this stuff has taken place because there's so much anger between Christine and Cody. Most of the confessionals that do take place, it's afterwards. And then the producer's asking you what you felt about X, Y, and Z that they recorded six months ago, four months ago. And then you get to relive all that trauma all over again. It's great. (laughs) All right. I've got our episode rewrite here. Let's hear it. Mary chooses lot nine and three quarters. Janelle transforms into Stevie Nicks. Robin updates Saul's inheritance in Cody's will. Christine packs for her all-inclusive hospital stay vacation in New Jersey. That is the one everybody's looking for, right? The hospital vacay? (laughs) Great food. Wonderful atmosphere. Some of the best jello I've ever had. (laughs) Hands down. What an asshole. I can't wait to get to that part of the episode. And thunder only happens when it's raining, Janelle. (laughs) She's becoming a white witch right in front of us. Players only love you when they're playing. You gotta be careful. (laughs) Before we start the recap for this week, if you're loving the podcast, leave us a review. That's all I had. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I guess that's one way to do it. Yeah. All right. Good. Good, good, good. And if you're looking for old episodes, maybe you just finished a season and you're thinking to yourself, hmm, there's a gap between the last episode I listened to and the one I just started. That's because those episodes are on Patreon. The podcast episode numbers are a tangled web. There's a lot that's going on back there. The podcast has only been around for two years. A lot's happened. A lot's happened. We threw in a whole season of Married at First Sight in there. Yeah, that's where all those episode numbers went. So if you're looking for seasons one, two, three, four of Sister Wives, they're on Patreon. If you're looking for Married at First Sight, New Orleans. Season 11. Nolans. Nolans. (laughs) That's on Patreon as well. And no, we are not recapping Married at First Sight ever again because they have burned me too many times. We knew that season 11 was going to be worth it. And we were right. It was. <laughs> and then we also knew that season 12 was not going to be worth it. And it wasn't. Neither was 13. So we haven't missed much there. But if you are looking for them, they're on the Patreon. It's over at patreon.com slash surviving pod. You can check it out. Take a look at the virtual cul-de-sac and join the family. In the famous words of Billy Eichner, here we go. All of the adults are meeting at Mary's rental today, which was probably one of the most shocking elements of this, to discuss dividing up the property yet again. Well, we know Mary's house is the gathering house that was established all the way back in season five. (laughs) That is the way it's always been. I guess the production team got sick of us making fun of the music or something because they didn't put anything in for the first opening sequence. I thought that was a little strange. They did, however, have a tree. Did anyone see the symbolism of this? Oh. We had five trees. There were two next to each other off to the side. There was one the complete opposite side by itself. And then there was a tree in the middle that was kind of like split partway up into two different trees. Shared a trunk there. Those roots. Robin sitting there putting down roots. Yeah, must have been. (laughs) I don't think they planted those, though. (laughs) But yeah, did you pick up on that? Symbolism. There was a lot to pay attention to. We also had Mary's shirt. She's really getting us with the graphic tees this season. This was her dog's greater than people shirt. It's on a whole other level. And even in the preview for the next episode, boy, oh boy, the hits keep on coming. (laughs) As we know, Christine wants to sell the property and move to Utah. That's still her plan. Cody is in a dark place, according to Robin. 
What dark? How dark? What? Maybe in the trees. Is that the problem? There's no light in the trees. <laughs> no, Cody really seems like he's a few steps away from needing to be committed at some point this season. I guess you're safe to say that you're not going to show up on an episode of 2020 or Dateline or anything like that because he's not lighting up anybody's life. He's not lighting up a room. <laughs> so you're good there. So they are armed today with the map of the property and then also their safe conversation rules, which they're going to have to forget because Cody's here. Forget him. Why does he keep showing up for these discussions? He should just sit them out. Just sit one out. Don't come. Let's see how productive it is without you. That's always been the goal, right? I mean, season 14, season 15, all of the discussions that were taking place, especially when Cody comes in the mood where he is actively trying to sabotage the conversation that's about to take place. Which he isn't doing here, but he did come today to make sure everybody gets what they want, meaning Robin. Yeah, mostly just Robin. So this is where we get a nice quick overview of the property again. We get to see the graphic, which has been flipped for this season. So we're still trying to get used to that, trying to get acclimated. But it turns out Janelle and Christine wanted the same spot. Robin doesn't want to be near the pond. Mary wants to be near Robin. And none of this is physically possible because all of those things don't overlap and infuse and entwine. We didn't buy enough acreage, apparently. (laughs) There's too much pond, too many trees, not enough Robin to go around. Robin, at this point, starts rambling about how the property is each wife's inheritance for their children. It's all we're going to have to show after Cody bites the prairie dog dust. (laughs) Janelle is telling us about how that's a change in the culture over the past few years. Because previously, they thought of things as communal. But it seems that now you need to put a stake in the ground about what's yours when Cody's dead. There is a my in polygamy. Janelle's got simple taste, though. She just wants to have these greenhouses so that she can become a witchy woman who wears tie-dye and grows weed. Maybe a little bit of weed. (laughs) Let's be honest. And she can't do that without lot four because she needs a lot of sunlight. For the amount of weed that she's going to be growing, she's going to need a lot of sunlight. But I thought I was mistaken in hearing Janelle explain this vision, this grand vision to us, because it was sounding an awful lot like, She was trying to become the lady of the woods that we've joked about for so many seasons here already. (laughs) The lady that was prophesized? (laughs) The lady of the woods? No. She's the lady adjacent to the woods. Yes. Near the woods. Like I said, she's our white witch. Which one's good? Which one's bad? Watch the season. Find out. We have to see. (laughs) Mary's all for this plan. As long as someone's going to feed her, she doesn't care. And maybe we should like send this stuff to a lab to be tested and make sure that it's edible before we get too invested in that idea, maybe. Let's not be bringing this produce to any organic farmer's markets anytime soon. I just wouldn't trust it right out the gate. So Janelle has told us what she wants. That means somebody else has to go next, and that's not easy in this family. I thought we were going to have a rock, paper, scissors situation. And then they put Robin on the spot, which was particularly enjoyable because she tries to avoid going. And she tells him, no, I want to hear what everyone else says first. Of course you do, bitch. That's what you do every time. But this time, they're on to her. Christine wants to hear everybody talk first now, too. So maybe you should talk, Robin, because I'm not going to talk. I feel like this is a tactic that Robin uses. She doesn't want to seem like the bad guy. We know that from the last two episodes 
So she doesn't want to ask for anything. But then she also wants to act like she didn't get a choice in it. So that then she can complain to Cody at the end that she got the table scraps. So this is very calculated. Mary's starting to get the feeling that nobody trusts each other in this family and in this conversation. So she decides to throw her weight around. This is her house and she's going to force somebody to talk. Not herself, of course. So Christine automatically assumed it was going to be her. So she stands up and Mary's like, no, just to clarify, it's Robin's turn. You go ahead and talk. Talk it out. Then they randomly included a clip of Cody saying, I struggle to understand the abyss of women's minds, (laughs) which doesn't fit into what's going on at all. (laughs) But I felt like they just wanted to troll him with that. It was too good to leave out. They just peppered it in there. (laughs) It's just a voiceover out of nowhere. In case you needed more reason to dislike him this episode, we're just getting warmed up. We finally hear from Robin. Instead of framing it as what she wants, she says, I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want trees and I don't want to be near the pond, which coincidentally means there's only one lot that would be perfect for her. So it's lot number five. And you could just say that, but she's not saying that. No. This is where Cody gives us a rundown where he has two wives who are absolutely happy with their lots, Janelle and Robin. And it's just interesting how that worked out so coincidentally where it happened to be Janelle and Robin, the two wives who have the best standing relationships with Cody currently and have the biggest lots of land out of this new arrangement. But doesn't Mary like hers too? It sounded like she was pretty happy with lot number two, but I guess she's not a wife or something, (laughs) technically. I'm not sure what's going on with Mary this season. She tells us she wants light. She wants to be near the trees. She wants a smaller house. And she's happy with lot two, which is the lot that Cody already assigned to her. It sounds like you have three wives who are happy with their lots, Cody, but he did not remember that. Christine has to explain to us again the value of trees and how these smaller lots don't suck because they got trees, so it's twice as much value. If you are a realtor or a developer or anyone who works in any form of real estate in or around Flagstaff, please send us an email. Is this true? I don't believe that the trees have that much value that a lot half the size is worth as much as a lot without trees on it that's double the size. No, especially because lot five has trees on it. They're going to have to clear that lot. There were trees like sprinkled in across it. They weren't dense. It's not densely forest-like. It's not enough to shroud the Lady of the Woods by any means. But Christine doesn't like this new arrangement at all, period. This is a small configuration. She's too close to the other wives. No offense, Mary. Well, she's not really a wife, so. (laughs) And Cody's trying to defend this. These lots are plenty big enough because if anybody doesn't want to be close to Mary, it's Cody. So he knows (laughs) these lots are big enough. I measured. I made sure. I made absolutely sure. (laughs) Well, and plus, he's not going to be on lot one. He's going to be over on lot five with Robin 24-7. Doesn't even matter. He's never coming to the other side of the property. No. Christine goes next and she says she is great with lot three and that she likes the trees more than the heel now and janelle calls her on her bullshit right away are you just saying that to convince yourself though because it sounds like you were pretty into the heel and now you're settling for trees yes that is exactly what's happening here because cody knew that she really liked lot four but still gave it to janelle Then we get Janelle on the couch talking about how she can move the greenhouses somewhere else if Christine still wants that lot. But we never actually see her offer that in the meeting. At any point. 
That's not something you say after you've already agreed to things. <laughs> and you got what you wanted right. and fuck that other bitch. <laughs> there is a my in polygamy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a couple in this episode too. But trying to figure out if Christine was still going to get that lot, where else would you cut it to have the greenhouses go? Because if Janelle's like, oh, I'll put the greenhouses wherever. Okay, but there's only one spot that you're saying that they'll be accessible to the plague pond and also have enough sunlight. And that's the back half of lot four. That's it. I don't understand how many plants we're growing. How many greenhouses are we going to need? I think this is going to be a major grow operation. (laughs) This is, I mean, we're talking four acres for that rectangle on the space alone. Maybe that's what they can use Christine's house for after theoretically it gets built and then she leaves. Like in Weeds, when they turn that entire development into a grow operation. Oh, it's just the stash house? No, they were actually growing inside of the house. Oh, yeah. Okay. You could do that. Well, that's the beauty of weed. It grows anywhere. It's a weed. (laughs) That's literally what it is. (laughs) Maybe Robin should be more concerned with keeping the kids away from Janelle's property. (laughs) Yeah. Which lot is downwind from Janelle's? Uh, I got to go on the other side of that. Now it's time to declare which lots they want, even though some of them have told us at this point, except for Robin, who just told us what she didn't want. Now she has to commit to it. She can't say what she wants right off the bat. So she says very confusingly, number four is her second pick and number five is her first choice. Four is two, two is one, (laughs) four, one, two, two, four, one. Where we go one, we go all. One, four, <laughs> two, five, four. And from the other side of the table, you hear Cody yell, which by the way, he hasn't said anything the whole time. It's five, five, it's five. She means five because Robin spends her whole life talking for Cody. So now it's Cody's turn to re- return the favor. Don't you feel though that was like another attempt of her to seem like she was reasonable or willing to work with her sister wives when she really knew what she wanted? And then that frustrated Cody because he was already starting to feel like she's going to settle for something that she doesn't want. So he had to speak up on her behalf. He was very definitive on that. Also, no shit Robin wants lot number five. That's why you put her there in the configuration you showed everyone last week. That you drew up during quarantine when you were living at Robin's house exclusively. The two of them were definitely in quarantine working on this plan together. And they looped Janelle in on it whenever she got a chance. She got second pick. Not too bad. (laughs) But it's time for Mary to make her pick. And Mary's favorite, four and a half. (laughs) That's it. Yuck, 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 yuck. Everybody's laughing except for Cody. Oh, this is where we get the shot of Cody. Very unamused. It's not a joke, you know. (laughs) So we have one of Mary's famous hysterical laughs that we've seen this season multiple times already. And finally, she says lot two. I already told you, but to reiterate, lot two, lot four and a half was a fucking joke. Great. (laughs) It's not funny. It's not a big joke. Christine is great on three, even better than she was before when she was trying to start to convince herself. (laughs) One thing I want to point out. So Robin was actually supposed to be on the piece of property that Christine is on, which is in the trees and close to the pond. Close to the road. But also the pond. A lot closer to the pond than lot five. Yeah. 
She made quite a fuss about that in season 14. Yeah, and Christine's lot is essentially exactly where she did not want to be. She's close to the road and she's in the trees. Yes, but she's trying to be a trooper here because she's already drafting up some plans to jet the fuck out of this family. (laughs) So sure, I don't care. Is it something I can sell? That's all I need to know. Got more value. It's got the trees. Then she asks Cody as a joke if he is good with lot one. And now Cody has to rethink this because he's ready to have everybody sign this in blood, get it set in stone, no take backs. But here comes. Now I got to, I really got to think about this now. Because yeah, I've, I got last pick. I ended up with lot one. He's such a jerk. He's acting upset now because he didn't get to pick first, even though he made the configuration. So technically you picked everyone's lot. So you did pick first. Well, you were the last one to say that you wanted a lot. So you were the last to the table, man. Yeah, you weren't even supposed to get one. But now it's a problem because this is not the ideal lot, even though it's the pawn that everybody was fighting over previously. You can't keep track with these people. Where are they going to build a house on lot number one? It's all pond on the one side. And then there's like the easement line road, access road, and then trees. Maybe he'll get a tree house. (laughs) Wouldn't we? They can rent it out as an Airbnb. Either that or I'm saying houseboat. You got to go with a houseboat on the pond. (laughs) This is not an ideal lot for him, though, because what if he wants to escape the family? What if he wants to leave? He doesn't have an asset that he can sell. And that's just unfair. This is where I got really confused because I was like, (laughs) what are you talking about, sir? He's jealous that the wives have an option to leave the family and he doesn't. (laughs) He's like, where's my golden parachute? Something tells me that in quarantine... Cody has internalized all of the complaints that he's had from his wives over the seasons, and he himself has become a fifth sister wife. Detached from reality. I think he was listening to the podcast a little too much. We got in his head. We shook him up. (laughs) The wives are so happy about this. We're never going to have to have this conversation again. They start celebrating. Robin nearly cries, I'm assuming, because her plan worked. Oh, she's cheering. She looks like she just won the jackpot because she did. (laughs) She did. She's just so happy that everyone picked the lots that she and Cody chose for them. And Mary and Christine have fully convinced Robin that they're happy and they're good with this setup. While Christine isn't happy at all. And Mary doesn't really have feelings anymore. (laughs) So it's hard to tell. (laughs) Christine never plans on moving on to the property. So she's just been pretending this whole time. Whatever lot I end up with, sure. I'm writing it off as a loss anyway. Paranoid Cody is over here concerned that they're just holding this against him for the future. They've got their fingers crossed behind their backs. Well, he's right. Christine is. That's exactly what Christine's doing. Because her and Cody are struggling more than ever. Their relationship is not good. It hasn't been good. And it is not getting better. It's getting worse. He's just got so many problems with all these wives. It is psychically damaging that he has to deal with them. They have to tell him all the time that he doesn't love them enough, that he isn't fair with his time, or that their problem children are his fault. Who do you think the problem children were? Gabe and Garrison. He's mad at them, man. I was going to say Mariah. (laughs) Mariah can do no wrong in Cody's eyes, and Cody can do no wrong in Mariah's eyes. She's not living polygamy. (laughs) That might be a win now in that category for him. 
Now, he's mad at any of the kids who didn't follow the rules during this whole COVID situation. Not because he actually cares about them getting COVID, but because he cares about them seeing him as the head of the household. And Cody just wants his family to be happy. And by his family, he means his immediate family with Robin. It is a new day and most of the family is coming over to Christine's house for news about the property. But really, Christine has a surprise up her sleeve. Janelle's just glad to be at another family gathering. Anywhere that gets her out of the house, around other people in her family, it's a good day. Robin is shook and she is very confused about why Christine thought it was a good idea to have the kids be here to join in on this talk about the property. Because she's not here for their opinions. Yeah, the kids are real loud and they talk over each other. And it's just too many moving parts for her to manipulate and control all at the same time. That's all. That shouldn't be a problem anyway because she left Ari at home. No leash required today. Date and Saul and Ari are all missing from this gathering. So we know where the concerns were on Robin's side. But an additional concern that she had was she's worried that the basis of bringing them here is talking about the property. She thought that lot number five was locked down and secured. Now she's she's getting nervous. She's like, uh-oh, I worked really hard for this. And I might be slipping away. You're telling me it's it could be out of my grasp again? She's sweating bullets. Chill out, Robin, because we've got a surprise here. Christine pulls an Americana quilt off of a television that she has set up outside. And we see McKelty and Tony on the other side of the TV. Can you guess what this is about? <laughs> They're getting divorced. <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit? Can we get an announcement like that? <laughs> Hopefully when Christine leaves the family, that's the way we do it. Yeah, we'll just do a Zoom call <laughs> and, and pull the blanket off the TV in the backyard. No, no, it's about time. They're having a baby. Everyone's excited. The baby is due at the end of March. They think it's a girl. They want to name her Avalon. And just to let you know, that all comes true. Manifest it. <laughs> They got it on that vision board. Beautiful. Everyone is so excited, except for Robin. Robin just wants to be a part of these kids' lives. That's all. (laughs) You know she was thinking about the fact that, here we go, one of Cody's older kids is having a baby. This baby's going to be older than my spirit baby that hasn't come down here yet because Cody won't put it in me. She's running low on brownie batter. (laughs) Quarantine's got it dried up. (laughs) Janelle is in the corner crying tears of joy. And then we recap all the grandma names again. Oh, did you like how Aurora was asking if the uh, baby shoes are gender specific? And I'm pretty sure you could hear somewhere in Utah, Mariah screaming that gender is a social construct. (laughs) Uh, Well, everybody has a grandma name as a reminder, except for Mary. (laughs) Yeah, Mary's not not into this whole grandma thing. Well, we know Maddie doesn't want her anywhere near her kids, so maybe she has a better chance with McKelty here. She is in her downline, after all. The baby's now going to be in Mary's downline. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Three generations of downlines. I'm still annoyed that Robin is claiming Bubby is, a, is Czechoslovakian. Can someone confirm this for us? Because as far as I know, Bubby is Yiddish. I still don't know why she hasn't fully embraced our nickname that we gave her, which was Bubby. <laughs> I don't know why that hasn't come full circle yet. She hasn't come to that realization. She's bound to put two and two together here eventually. (laughs) 
Then the whole family chants hip hip hooray multiple times. Yeah, Cody's got to lead us in three cheers for sweet revenge or, uh, you know, baby celebration. Bubby missed her chance to say mazel tov. Thank God that's over. I bet you McKelty and Tony thought a lot more time was going to be dedicated to their baby announcement than made it in the episode. Now the episode shifts gears and the rants are going to start now. I suppose. Yeah, we, we're going to change the tone here again because we're heading over to Coyote Pass for a showdown with Christine and Cody. <laughs> and the music is implying it's going to be a shootout at the OK Corral. And Cody's dressed appropriately. Yeah, there were a lot of questions flying around on Twitter and on Reddit about why Cody is wearing a shirt with Velcro patches on the arms, on the sleeves there. Turns out he has a tactical shooting shirt on, so I guess he just wasn't sure what he was walking into. He had to be prepared for anything. (laughs) He's the one who called the meeting, though. He is. (laughs) Very vague. He told Christine that he just wanted her to meet at Coyote Pass to chat. Be careful, though. We know he has a kill kit in the trunk of his car, so you got to be careful out there, Christine. (laughs) He just wants to talk. He has... Ulterior motives, we find out, because the plan today is to convince Christine that this is a better place to live than anywhere she can find in Utah. So he stands on the bed of his truck and gestures to the mountains. Look, it's like you could be standing on your porch right here. Imagine it. Why does he not understand that these women know when he is trying to sell something to them? Between that and you can't show up late and then start the conversation like that. At least show her that you respect her time. She didn't even want to come here today. They're struggling so much, and she doesn't even really want to talk to him. They each want a different kind of relationship. I thought that was a strange way to explain that. I have a feeling Christine has been given the Mary talk, and by that, I mean Cody's talk about how he does not want a romantic relationship of any form with her at this point in time, or likely in the future. But they're not here to talk about the land or their relationship today. They're here to talk about Utah. That's what we're talking about. He admits to the fact that he was pretty giddy when they first talked about moving there. But then when they were in front of everyone, he was trying to act stoic. And he attempts to apologize to Christine for that. This is where I got upset because then we flash back to the conversation again where he just leaves Christine hanging on this proposal to move to Utah in front of the rest of the family. And I think Christine should have called his ass out during that conversation. I'm still regretting that she didn't. There are so many times that I just wish someone would say what was actually on their mind. Because when Cody comes to her and says, did you think that we would all agree on moving back? That would have been a perfect avenue to go, you did. You agreed when we talked about it 12 hours ago. So yeah, I was under the impression that maybe a few people would be into the idea. It just sucked. He set her up to fail. He wanted her to be embarrassed in front of everyone. He knew he wasn't going to back her up, and he put her in the situation. And she's been stewing about it ever since it happened. She doesn't want to be here anymore. She doesn't trust this dude. And why should she? She shouldn't. No. First of all, he gaslit her in that conversation. He acted like they never had the conversation and made her question her own reality about what had happened when they had first talked about it. And then he wonders why this conversation starts to go poorly. Because he started off with an apology, so he thinks that this is free reign to just go into whatever else he needs to talk about. Because Cody doesn't want to make Christine feel like her sister wives are against her, but they do outvote you on this. 
Those were words right out of Robin's mouth. Right. And this is where the door's starting to close on Christine. She's feeling it now because she's seeing the Utah conversation is coming to a close and it's not going to end well for her and it's not going to be the answer that she's looking for. No, and she's also pissed because she thought this conversation was done. Everyone turned her down at the property and now she's finding out that Cody went and spoke to everyone about it, which she feels like was done behind her back. So she wants to know, what was everyone's opinion? We're following the Robin discussion guide, though, so we can't go there. Cody's trying to steer it away from that because then he doesn't want to outright tell Christine what information he has. He also doesn't want to just completely deflate her with a flat-out no. She's having flashbacks of their move to Vegas and their move to Flagstaff now because she wasn't happy in any of those places either. Lehigh, Vegas, Flagstaff, it's all the same. Christine gets the shaft. And not the one she's looking for. (laughs) He wants Christine to decide for herself if there are better reasons to stay here in Flagstaff than to go to Utah. And he doesn't want her to feel trapped by the rest of the family's decisions. And Cody just really wants her to come up with her own reasons to stay in Flagstaff so that he doesn't have to convince her anymore on his own. I don't think he cares whether she stays or goes at this point. No, he just wants her to fold on this. Again, just... You've been unhappy everywhere else we've lived. Just be unhappy here, but just be quieter about it. (laughs) She's unhappy with you. You have been in all of these places. I think that's the problem. That's the first problem. And she doesn't want to discuss the many reasons she wants to leave Flagstaff with him. He's the last person she wants to talk to at this point. She doesn't want to get into that. Then she straight up tells Cody she's not ready to build her home. We may have figured out the property situation, but I'm not building yet. This is where Christine asks the real question, and the question that we've all been asking for quite some time. Why would I want to live on the same property with a dysfunctional marriage, where right over there, he's got a full-functioning marriage? Who in their right mind would ever want to live like that? No one. That feels abusive, doesn't it? That's what we've been asking for a very long time, Christine. To be subjected to that every single day, and then it makes you wonder... That's what Mary did in the cul-de-sac. And this is what she's got to show for it. (laughs) Lot two. Worked out well for her in the end. Right under the pond. (laughs) Under his eye. Christine does mention on the couch that it would be easier to stay here if they both wanted a full functioning marriage. Even if they had a baseline. If their relationship had improved when they moved to the cul-de-sac, that would have been some progress. That would have been good. If their relationship would have showed signs of improvement from the move to Flagstaff when she was living in her home that she purchased. That would be a great sign, too. Signs of a future. Signs of life. Our freaky bitch is thirsty, and she can't handle it any longer. She's as dry as the pond. (laughs) It's a barren wasteland down there. Neglected. (laughs) Then Cody starts to mention something about her dad. You know, if you go to Utah, you'd have access to your dad. And she breaks down and tells him she can't talk to him anymore. She's not having this conversation because he's not safe. And then it turns into like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Cody's not sure what he said. What did I say that was unsafe? Why is she storming off? What did I do? How did I insult her? Because you're weaponizing things. (laughs) You're bringing up vulnerable, sensitive things that she doesn't even feel comfortable talking to you about. He's not even my friend right now. Why would I want to talk to him about things that are close to my heart? I think we just want, and then there was silence. 
And then Christine just starts to cry. Yeah, circling back to that Mary talk, I'm assuming he probably had some sort of level set with Christine where it was like, look, his soulmate talk, which we'll get into in this episode later on as well, too, because he mentions that a few times. I think he gave her the breakdown where it's like, you're a good friend and a better babysitter, but my dick belongs to Robin. And who would want to stick around for that? Feels like a crossroads. Don't know what to do. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. It's a new day. Cody's still confused. But tomorrow, Isabel is leaving for her surgery. So he's not planning to confront Christine about what happened on the property. So Christine's just going to bottle up all those feelings, bury them deep down, never bring them up. Correct. Because she's got to hold it together. Today, all of the adults are coming over because she is going to explain more about the surgery. It's also for our benefit as an audience because we have no idea what we're about to experience here. As a reminder, nine months ago, they found out that Isabel needed surgery because her curve has gotten to the point now where she definitely needs to have surgery. This has been years that this has been going on. She was diagnosed with scoliosis, did they say, when she was 13? 13. We saw her do the exercises. We saw Cody yell at her for not doing enough exercises to correct her curve or to keep it from getting worse. She's been through a lot of trauma at this point related to this whole experience. And thank God something positive is actually about to happen. Speaking of positivity, Cody's going to bring the mood down because he's just complaining that Christine and Isabel have been traveling a lot this summer. So we're going to have to stay outside and be socially distanced for this conversation. I can't help it when he said Isabel and Christine have been traveling quite a bit. I really think they were going to pre-op appointments and he's just a fucking asshole. Between that, well, they did go to Utah. That was part of her, her, the only thing that she wanted for her graduation. That was Gwen's graduation. My bad. And that was a long time ago at this point. That was was, during quarantine. Yeah. That was over the summer. It's not a long time ago. That was only like two months ago now in the storyline. In sister wife's time. We didn't get that far. (laughs) But- That was one trip. So what are all these other trips that Christine and Isabel took? Traveling a lot. So he's already shitty about that. And Christine is here explaining to us about how these fibers are going to work. I'm going to skip all the details. We don't need to hear about the screws and things. I don't watch Dr. Pimple Popper or anything like that for a reason. Christine breaks it down. The surgery is going to be great. Trust her. The best part about it is that at the end, Isabel is going to be two to three inches taller. She's hoping to clear six feet. Because that'll put her into supermodel range. (laughs) Cody does not believe it. 
of all times, this is when he has chosen to stop believing the things that doctors say. Well, it's not one of Robin's doctors. So clearly he does not know what he's talking about. Also, it's very clear he has not been part of any of the conversations about the surgery. Or generally about how Isabel has been feeling the past, I don't know, six years. (laughs) Yes, that brings us to the next astonishing comment that gets made here. Robin asks Isabel what she's looking forward to once her spine is straightened out. Like she thinks she wants to go like water skiing or, you know, climb Mount Everest or something. And she's like, you know what would be nice, Robin? If I could drive without pain, if I could wake up in the morning without pain, if I could just breathe without being in pain. That's what I'm looking forward to. This is where it's basically heartbreaking. Because then the other relief that Isabel is looking forward to with this surgery is that Christine won't have to worry about this as much anymore, too. Because when Isabel is hurting... You know that Christine feels bad. You know that she's empathetic in her daughter's suffering that's happening here. So Isabel is also looking forward to the relief that she's going to be able to give her mom by getting the surgery and reducing her pain level. Just her mom. Because Cody looks confused throughout this entire conversation. He really does not understand that she is in pain every day from the time she wakes up to the time she goes to bed. Even Janelle knows about it because Savannah has told her about how much pain Isabel would be in just on the drive to school. So they're leaving in a few days for about a month and then a two-week quarantine. So probably eight weeks at least of time here that's going to pass between quarantining, surgery, recovery, and another quarantine. And Janelle's trying to put the positive spin on this too throughout the conversation. Because obviously, Isabel's probably nervous. How can you not be? It's a major surgery. You're going to be gone for an extended period of time. You're going to be in a hospital during a pandemic. You know there are people with COVID that are somewhere in the hospital. It's kind of a scary time to be doing this. And Janelle's trying to ease some of those nerves. So she jokingly puts a positive spin on the whole scenario and says, well, then that'll be kind of like a a little vacation there. That two-week quarantine where you have to hang out and you don't have to do anything right away with the, the doctors or the medical procedure stuff. It'll be a nice little vacation for you. And that sets Cody off because he's been thinking this whole time that Christine was traveling a lot despite his COVID rules. So when she brought up this surgery, the first thing he thought was that she was trying to take advantage of this extra time to get a vacation out of it. If she just went when there wasn't COVID, this would be maybe a week. They'd be in and out back here. But now she's going to milk this for eight weeks. This level of paranoia is wild to me. The way that train of thought just rolls down the track. The fact that he doesn't care enough about how much pain Isabel is in to realize that that is Christine's main priority. The fact that he thinks that she is scheming to pull something over on him. That Christine was intentionally making it so that Cody can only see the kids part-time. Well, I mean like more part-time than usual. <laughs> Part of the part-time. Man, I, I it's truly beyond words at this point. It's Isabel beyond words. Here's where Cody has to redeem himself though. If he knew how bad Isabel's pain was, if he had seen it more on a regular basis, if he knew the things that he knows right now, he would have pushed for the surgery sooner. 
don't even think that he was implying if he had seen it more. Did he actually say that? They put that explanation way after because the first part was the emphasis on how his initial thought was, oh, this is Christine's excuse to get a vacation. He did circle back on it eventually at the end of the segment. Because I thought this was another dick at Christine. Like she doesn't communicate with me enough for me to know that my child is in pain. It's still Christine's fault because I didn't know that it was this bad. She didn't make that clear to me. Right. Everything is Christine's fault. He probably still thought that Christine was trying to get a vacation out of it when he was offering up that Isabel should go to New Jersey alone in their conversation last season. That was probably where that idea came from was because he didn't want Christine to get a free trip out of this. He just has so much disdain for her. At least she leaves. I don't think we'll get there this season, but eventually. Yeah, let's not promise that. We don't know what's going to happen, but I I wouldn't count on it. So we're still at Christine's house. We're following up with Dr. Cody. We have some more flashbacks to that horrible conversation where Cody was just shooting this down. The surgery idea, the traveling during COVID, he's not going to be a part of this. He knows the powers of parental healing. He brought truly back from the brink on her kidney failure hospital stay single-handedly. Yes, with the pee-pee poopy tea party. Pee-pee poopy tea party, pee-pee party party. (laughs) And Cody regrets. Oh, he opines not having a quiet conversation with Isabel, and he blames his misinterpretation of the situation on Christine's involvement in the discussion. If Christine had not been there, he wouldn't have brought all of those preconceived notions, that negativity from her bad attitude clouding his fatherly wisdom judgment. How how dare your co-parent, the guardian of your child who attends... All of your child's appointments attempt to have a conversation with you about a medical procedure that they now need. You should leave that to your 17-year-old child. And then just send her off alone because that's what the idea was that dad came up with during that conversation. If it was just Cody and Isabel, she would have been packing her bags. He's trying to act like he wouldn't have said it, but he, he definitely still would have said it. Let's be real. That would have been the easiest thing for him to pitch. Just saying. (laughs) He also has another dig in here about how the issue is he has a relationship with some of his children through that wife. So we're blaming Christine. Again, there are people putting themselves in front of his access to his children, even though most of his children are grown or close to grown. And you are completely capable of having an independent relationship with them. All right. This is when we get to the apology that is not an apology. This is where Cody apologizes that he can't go. Isabel tells him it's okay when clearly it's not okay. (laughs) I'm sorry I'm not able to go. You understand, right? You're not going to become a bitter old housewife, right? Not like your mom, right? (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) What a fucking asshole. Because then this is when we cut to Isabel, who basically understands why Cody can't go, but she's not being totally honest because we cut to her solo on the couch and she's breaking down. She's crying. I need him to be there. But then why isn't he coming? She understands why, but like, why is this not important enough? I think his priorities are a little screwed up. The part where she cries asking, why wouldn't he just drop everything for me was one of the most difficult things 
to watch on this show so far this season. Yeah, and it's because he's an asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what it is. That's what it comes down to. Well, he tells us why. He's got two excuses. Number one, he's not going because of the amount of time he'd have to be away from the family. So let's take count here. He doesn't see Mary. He doesn't really go to Janelle's house because Gabe has exposure from his girlfriend and they're trying to pen Gabe up in the guest room, the the rental apartment, whatever you want to call it. He lives at Robin's house. That's what it is. Robin already told us that she can't have her kids go two weeks without seeing Cody. That's too much. Never mind the eight weeks that it's going to take for this. So the reasoning here being from Cody that it's too much time apart from the family, I don't think that's a fair assessment because it's just too much time away from Robin is what he's trying to say. That's the code word here. He couldn't even go to Maddie's birth and stay there the whole time. Remember, he had to fly home to help Robin get her rental. That was pre-COVID and he had things that he had to still handhold Robin through and save her from. That's the problem. Robin's the problem. Let's just all say it. He can't bounce back and forth on this trip. He would have to go and stay gone. Also, I'm going to flip out a little bit, and this is a spoiler. In a few episodes, we're going to find out Robin has a nanny. She has had a nanny through COVID. That's right. Family members could not interact with her children. Mary, who had not seen the light of day, could not interact close enough outside with her kids. But she has a nanny, which is why we end up seeing the rule breakdown. I say that because she's not going to be here alone. If Cody was to be gone for eight weeks, she has help. And even if that was an issue, take the nanny out of the equation. If you offer up and say, hey, Mary still is living in isolation, so she can swing by and help out with the kids when she's available too, or if you need a hand. Isn't that the benefit of having sister wives that we've been told for the past 15 seasons prior to this? Yes, and it just feels like that's been the expectation he's had for every other wife. They all need to figure out how to do things by themselves so that he can focus on other things when it's needed. But now it's like the reverse. Everything revolves around Robin and their little family, and now everybody else comes second. So he's not going because of that and then because of the possible exposure to COVID, which, another news alert, Cody gets COVID anyway. Boy, wouldn't it be something if he gets COVID because he stayed back in Flagstaff (laughs) while they're gone? So we don't know when he gets COVID, but he did mention on Cameo that he did have COVID at some point in time. But man, can you imagine missing your child's surgery in this particular circumstance and then you end up getting COVID at some point anyway? This is where Isabel's pointing out. He's so brave, but he's letting fear control him. How long will he put his life on hold? She knows that she's not the only kid that he needs to keep safe during the pandemic, but this just sucks. That it does. Let's be real. He wouldn't be much help anyway. He couldn't even give her a hug goodbye. So that one really hurt too. Yeah. Put a mask on. You can't give her a hug. We weren't hugging people. This is August 2020. What do we know? That masks are helpful. That outside is better than inside. There is no vaccine. Maybe one early 2021. If we're lucky, this shit spreads from human contact. That's what we knew. His whole demeanor the whole time has been cruel. He doesn't believe that she has been in pain. He thinks that Christine is trying to go behind his back to get a vacation for free out of him and to get time away 
when everybody else is supposed to be staying at home. Like she's trying to skirt the rules. And then he won't even give her a hug goodbye. Everything about it is cruel. He should be going. I mean, that's what it comes down to. That's the that's the biggest problem here. Yes. You'd be able to hug her if you were going. Because mm-hmm. then you'd be quarantining with them to go. Even if he went for part of the time, why couldn't he stay for part of the time? He couldn't come for the two weeks leading up to the surgery, be part of like the pre-op appointments, and then go home. And I because his, th- his, his relationship with Christine is so bad that he doesn't. There's no investment in that. So now all the kids get to suffer too because fuck them kids. I know that's the issue. It's just it's infuriating also because. You know that if he had come home and needed a quarantine someplace, I highly doubt that Janelle would have had an issue with that. Right. I think he could have gone to Janelle's house. Yes. At worst case scenario, he could have stayed in the room that they're making Gabe stay in right now. Yes, but then that would be two additional weeks away from Robin. Robin girl, you need to learn to do life on your own. You got to pull out that inner She-Ra again. <laughs> reactivate that bitch <laughs> and get that going. All right. Well, before he leaves, there's one last task that needs to be completed. Christine comes back outside with some paperwork that she needs Cody to sign for the surgery. And it is super uncomfortable because they just had that fight yesterday. And maybe she slipped in a few divorce notice items in there and stuff, too. (laughs) Maybe. Just Just sign all this stuff. This whole stack. Everywhere I highlighted the line, just sign right in there. You don't need to read anything. Don't read it. Just sign them. He won't even look at her. And he had to hit her with a social distance check if she gets a little too close. You're too close, man. (laughs) He asked her what he was signing and she's trying to explain something to him. She got a little too close, which again, put masks on. Do you think that they don't want them wearing masks when they're filming them? There are plenty of other shows that were wearing masks while they were filming. I guess. I I, I don't know. I was just wondering maybe it's like a... If anything, it's better for the editing because then you can... Oh, yeah, Put you... any audio line underneath anything that's happening. <laughs> it's a free ticket to ride. They took advantage of that on Teen Mom, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People were saying things that were voiceovers from six months later. <laughs> it, was, it was nuts. It works for the story. <laughs> it's going in. But did you like how Robin had to take a time out here to explain everything? Since the pandemic began, Cody's in this bad emotional mental state and he just can't keep his other wives in line. Robin, on the other hand, she follows orders. She knows them rules because she made them. (laughs) Right. So he is spending more time with her than anyone else as if that was the first time we'd figured that out. It was hard to do that math when every time Cody would show up, to any family gathering in season 14 or 15, he was riding up with Robin. (laughs) Christine says it's hard to even see him when the rest of the family is there. And then Cody says, this is not the experience of soulmates or of people who deeply respect one another. No, this is the experience of people who are on the brink of divorce. This is somebody who's given up. These are two people who've given up. Mm Mm-hmm. In fact, Christine is looking forward to being separated from Cody for that period of time. She's ready to get a break, dude. That's what she's ready to get. And Cody's having regret because this whole situation is breaking his heart. And then we get to see that fake version of Christine pop up right at the end where she gets to recap everything with Cody since she had to remind Isabel, well, dad would come if it weren't for COVID. She had to lie to her because <laughs> it's like, probably he would have, maybe, 
I guess he might have. For two days, and then he'd have to fly back to take care of Robin, and then maybe he'd come back when you were in recovery. And she immediately has to minimize that, too. Oh, it's but it's not a big deal. She understands. She gets it. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Because she's dismissing it, just like Isabel was dismissing it in the backyard. Keeping sweet. Yuck. Well, have a nice trip. Next episode, Mary and Janelle talk through old wounds after the family spins off in four directions. Christine takes Isabel to have surgery in New Jersey. Janelle helps out while Evie gets foot surgery in North Carolina. Mary is in Utah. And it looks like we have a little confrontation between Mary and Janelle. And that is where another glorious graphic tea selection comes from Mary this season. Top notch. Only kind of care. <laughs> That's how you have a conversation with your sister wife. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to tweet with us about the episode at surviving underscore pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.